Welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joe What's up, Heat Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob, and you can follow me on Twitter at JoelKJacob underscore. As always, I got some guests with me today. First, we got George. What's good? What's good? Then right after that, Quake. Yeah, what's up? This is Dr. Quake. The party's going on. <laughs> Thank God it's Friday. And then we got Kevin. What's good, everybody? Glad to be back. And then right after that, we got two new additions to the Heat vs. the World podcast. First, we got John. What's good, everyone? Happy to make my first appearance on this pod. And then last but not least, you got not only a new member of Heat vs. the World, but for Culture Shock, Miss Nina. Say what's up. What it do, baby? <laughs> All right. I love the energy. Love it. So without further ado, let's get started with today's episode. So now that we got that out of the way, uh, let's talk about this Heat versus Bucks game. So honestly, you know what? I don't even think we should call today's pod Heat versus the world. If anything, it should be the Sky Force versus the world. But that's just me. Because last game, the Miami Heat took the fight to Milwaukee and they ended up beating them by nine this past Wednesday, improving their record to 15 and 11 while currently holding the fourth seed in the East. Leading the way, you have Caleb Martin, who, by the way, is a guy on a two way contract in case you forgot, as he had 28 points, six three pointers, eight rebounds, three assists, and two blocks. After that, you have Kyle Lowry with 22 points and 13 assists, Max Struess with 16 points, four three-pointers, and also a fun fact, by the way, all 16 of Max Struess's points came in that fourth quarter. And then you got P.J. Tucker with 15 points, eight assists, seven rebounds, and two steals, and then Casey Alcala, which he probably had one of the best games in his career. Um, he had 10 points, nine rebounds, and two blocks. And then Tyler Hero with nine points of his own. Considering that we managed to beat the defending champions without two of our best players in Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo while still missing Markeith Morris, like how are you guys feeling about this impressive dub from the Heat? Kick us off, George. Oh, you know I'm ready. It's, it was, without a doubt, in my 14 years of being a Heat fan, one of the best performances I've ever seen come out of Miami. And just to, just to do it against the Bucks at full strength, by the way, you know, without Brook Lopez or DiVincenzo, was just excellent. Caleb Martin looked like just Jordan. Max Struess looked like a Max player. Hero played terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. But the fact that we could do that with our, you know, our best player, our best um, best players out, and with our best player not performing, was just fantastic. Casey Parler led the team in plus minus at twenty eight. Do you understand what it what it felt like to watch a player like it's like watching a plane crash and burn for about two years, and finally just just finds its way back up. He was defensively brilliant. He was he was just what we needed at the time, but the player of the game. I don't. I, I'm not giving it to Caleb Martin. I'm not giving it to Struess, Okpala, Lowry. No, I'm not giving it to any of them. PJ Tucker was by far the best player on the floor. Defensively, he was. I, I, I've never seen one player shut down three three others in one game. He got bashed. He got hit. He got. Drowned. It doesn't matter what happened to him. He kept he kept coming back. He kept wanting more. He made Giannis look like nothing. One player, and we're missing our two best uh, two out of our sorry missing three out of our best four defenders with the um, Oladipo, Jimmy, and Bam out. This team was extraordinary. It was one of the best watches. 
if you haven't seen it, go see it again. You know, go see it. It, it, it was it was perfect. Right. Like, you know, the game was like, what, two days ago? And I'm still like watching the highlights of it, just being beyond impressed. And then, Kevin, what about you? Yeah, man, this was just a, a complete team effort. I like pretty much everything that I saw for the most part. Um, I was happy for Caleb Martin because I feel like throughout the course of the season so far, like he'd be hesitant on when to drive and just when to catch and shoot. But, you know, he made some real good decisions um, in this game. And defensively, you know, George hit on it. Like, P.J. Tucker was a menace. I thought KZ came in and gave us some really good minutes. I feel like Spoh's always been high on his defense, and that's why he's starting to get these rotational minutes, that and some injuries here and there. But um, everybody's played well. Struz was playing really well. Duncan only had, you know, two threes made in this game, but he still left an impact. And Kyle Lowry, man, I keep saying it, like, he fans always get mad at him for, you know, picking and choosing when to be aggressive. But in that second half, he just went on an inferno and literally – called us back into the game and just, you know, didn't look back. And the rest of the team just, you know, joined in on his energy and led us to the win. So I was happy, man. This is a real good win over a team that's been playing really well, you know, having their big three back, even though they still don't have um, Brooke Lopez back. You know, that's probably going to be a long time before they do. But they got their main three players in Drew, Giannis, and Chris Middleton. And, you know, the Heat held it down at home. So I got to give them a lot of credit for that. Right. And you, Nina? Uh, <clears throat> for me, it's um, basically just – Watching our second string guys just, you know, step up when they needed to. Um, it gives me more confidence when we have injuries that we got those guys that could step in. But um, I just want them to be consistent. Um, we need these guys to play well for us off the bench all the time. And, um, um, I, of course, the big performances, I'm really high on Max. I have been from day one. So it's interesting to see where Spo fits minutes in for him. Um, but, um, you know, it was all around an exciting game, a lot of energy. Um, Every time we play Milwaukee, you know, I worry about, um, you know, the height, the the big the big players they have. But we played small, and it and it worked out. You know, I'm I'm excited about what we have going on as far as the second unit. Right, and then you, John. Yeah, I've just been impressed from um of how much they the team gets from just undrafted and minimum type players. Um, outside of hero, outside of hero, then everyone else is just even late first round. That's Lowry, then all second round picks or undrafted guys. Hero and Duncan combined for fifteen points, and then you still beat the Bucks. That just says a lot about the team as a whole. How much they they can easily just step up um, with both your with one of your top scorers struggling, Butler out, Bam out, then it's just still just stepping up as a next man up up. Um, yeah, it's just an impressive team win. Right. And then you, Quick? Yeah, well, it proves that Spolstra's defensive scheme against Giannis is still elite with or without Bam. Um, last night, obviously, we didn't have Bam, but he was still able to build the wall with Caleb Martin, P.J. Tucker, and uh, Dwayne Dedman starting. And that limited Giannis to 15 points in 33 minutes. And opening night, as quietly as it was kept, the Heat blew out the Bucks. And um, obviously in last year's playoffs, the Heat were swept by Milwaukee. But as quietly as it's kept, Giannis had his least effective playoff series against the Heat last year. So I think what this goes to show is that uh, Milwaukee should not want to uh, face the Heat in the playoffs this season because the playoffs is obviously a game of matchups. And if you draw the wrong matchup, it doesn't matter how good your regular season record is. You can, you can take an L. So I think that the Bucs uh, should want to draw anybody other than the Heat, be it Brooklyn, Atlanta, any other team in the East aside from Miami. I think Milwaukee uh, can beat easily, but they're not going to have slim pickings against this Heat team. I agree 100%. And, like, quick thing that I want to add is that, you know, Miami went in and they did this, you know, without Jimmy and Bam. So, you know, obviously regular season is different from the playoffs. But, you know, with this Heat team, when they're going to be fully healthy and hopefully that soon, you know, I, this team is just going to be scary. I mean, there's no other way you can put it. And honestly, I just really hope we see this team get healthy very soon. But we will talk about that eventually. So 
I won't talk, go into too deep about that. So I know, George, you have something you want to add? No, I just wanted to put it out there. There are play, there are people in Amazon getting paid more than what Caleb Martin is right now. He is on the most minimal contract, and he put out one of the best performances ever. Like it's just it's a matter of time. Obviously, they have to convert that contract because the depth looks amazing. And another thing is, you know, before and during the game, you saw on Heat Twitter, you saw it. Um, everyone was crying. Bench Cole Lowry's terrible. It's terrible. Man at twenty two and thirteen. He's it, it, everyone's saying he had bad performances. Obviously, bad shooting performances, but. New system, new this, new that. It's not easy when two of your stars go out and something that you were promised not to happen where you're, you're carrying the team is happening all of a sudden. So it's a, it's a, you know, it's a time of adjustment. It's a time of, of changing up things as necessary. Um, and, and I think it was Quake was saying before, the Bucks don't want to face us. You know, it was very quiet. We did beat them by 42 opening day. They beat us second time. We just beat them without with our G League team, and it, it looked so easy. It's a game of momentum. Last year was a very weird year for everyone. Short and off season, we were heavily, heavily injured moving into the playoffs. It, it, I remember that last game where where Tyler and Jimmy both got injured that that game, and they're playing in a couple of days' time. So, you know, I think that if we can get everyone healthy, then. It's just gonna be. It's just gonna make everything easy moving forward. I agree a hundred percent. You know, I was very impressed. I'm sure you guys were with the way how the Heat were able to handle business, and you know, hopefully they continue doing that because you know this schedule. It's not gonna get easier for the Heat. You know, they got a ball out every day and night. So before we go on to the next topic, does anyone else have something they want to add? All right, so I'll take the silence as a no. So now for this next topic, I want to talk about our team's health because the Heat, you know, as we guys know already, they're going to continue the struggle of having to play without Bam Adebayo while also missing Jimmy as well. Also, before I continue, by the way, there is no word on whether or not Jimmy will be back for this next game against the Bulls while this pod is being recorded. This is just a heads up, just in case news comes out once this episode is posted. Anyways, with this all being said, do you guys have any takeaways regarding how the Heat have played so far, dealing with the unfortunate injuries that have that taken place? Tell us, Kevin. Yeah, no, I mean, with all these injuries, I'm just glad that they're playing competitive basketball. Like, I know it's kind of a given with the Heat, because that's, you know, what they're based, their foundation upon, but... Again, you're missing your best player in Jimmy Butler. You're missing probably your most important player in Bam. And I think they're, what, like two and one since that? So, like, I can't be mad at that. You know what I'm saying? Um, They just got to keep doing what they're doing. Honestly, like, Spo clearly has them bought in. And, you know, Kyle Lowry's a tone setter, the table setter, whatever you want to call him. And, again, they just follow his lead, and that's what point guards do. And, you know, we signed a, a lot of really good role players for this team to fill out the rest of this roster. I think that's why – you know, like Quake was saying earlier that Milwaukee really doesn't want to see us in the playoffs, you know, this time of year. Um, but, yeah, that's all I can really ask for. I, I know we're going to preview the Bulls game in a minute, but I can't complain. You know what I'm saying? Like, injuries have been hitting the entire league, and honestly, COVID has too. So, like, most teams are without some of their most important players. You know what I'm saying? Like, Chicago had a stretch where they didn't have Vucevic. Um, the Nuggets, of course, don't have Jamal Murray. You know, different things like that. So, it's all across the league right now. So I'm not complaining, but they just got to keep doing what they're doing, man. That's all it comes down to. Right. And you, Nina? Sorry about that. Um, for me, uh, it's it's just making sure that um, the energy level stays up when we're missing our two guys. Um, you know, I, I, I like that the energy continues to be focused on winning. Um, I'm not happy, really, how we've been playing. Um, the Milwaukee game kind of gave me some hope. But, um, yeah, I think we can play a lot better when we're missing us because at the end of the day, we still got Kyle leading the guys. Um, Hero needs to be better when Jimmy is out. So, um, yeah, um, I like the energy they're playing with, but I do think they can play a lot better when we have injuries like this. Right, and you quick? 
Well, to Kevin and Nino's points, I think this is showing the importance of, of a team having a good culture and a good foundation behind it because many teams, if they were racked with injuries the way the Heat have been racked with injuries, uh, they would succumb to that pressure and they wouldn't uh, be competitive within games. Uh, it would be an early blowout almost every time, but that's not the case with Miami. Um, regardless of who is who is out, whether it's Jimmy, Bam, or both, um, this team is able to compete. And even irrespective of whether they win or lose, uh, the game is uh, always, you know, a slugfest for the other team. So it just speaks to, um, again, having a good culture and a good foundation in place. Right. And how do you feel, John? I'm probably with Nina. I wasn't that impressed with how they played so far. Um, there's nothing to size that they have all like Gabe, Max, uh, Caleb stepping up. But I wasn't like much impressed with how um, the actual top players since uh, Jimmy and Bam went out stepped up. Larry had like nine attempts in one of the games. He, had, he only had like 10 points. Hero's been struggling as well. Um, most of that just came from efforts. There wasn't much effort on defense, boxing out or in transition. It's good to see that um, these, they do have like, enough help from the role players. But I think with Jimmy and Bam out right now, they need more from Lowry and more from Hero and, and Duncan. They yeah, just need from those three more. And then apart from that, I think that they did a good job um, keeping afloat. Right, and what about you, George? Yeah, there's nothing worse as, as an NBA fan, as a fan of a team, um, to watch a player go down. And, you know, it's it's never going to be um, never going to be easy. Never going to be something that you want to um, you know want to happen to your team, but it's going to happen. It's inevitable. We all deal with it every season. You know, there's teams that's got it far worse than we do. Um, in terms of players being out for the whole season, touch wood. But it helps having that, you know, the depth that was questioned come to show, come to light. And it's the best time to do it because there's something about that happening post-All-Star break that really doesn't um, make you feel as good as it happening earlier on the season. And what I mean by that is when it happens earlier on, you get to showcase what you can do in the postseason earlier. Now, we've all been there where go, we sit there going, oh, this team's not going to... We come off two, three really good wins and we think, yeah, this team can challenge, this team can go the way they can do it. And then we go off three bad performances and we, we look like, oh, look, we're getting Paolo Bonchura with a, with a second overall pick. It just... It's one of those things you have to take very... Um, with a grain of salt. You know, these players will come back. But... Having guys like Max Struess, Caleb Martin um, coming, up, coming up, they're not just role players. They're players trying to make a name for themselves. They're, they're trying to chase that, that, that big contract. They're looking like, at players like Duncan saying, you know, this kid came from nowhere and now he's on a $90 million contract. That's what they want. They want the bag and they've got something to prove. Caleb Martin was looking for a permanent roster spot. spot. Now he looks like in the offseason, he's going to want even more money. So it's a good and a bad thing, but it's good for now because these players are on our team and they've got something to prove on our team. Now, once these players come back and they they readjust the um, rotation, that's the coach's job. And, you know, we were all giving... Uh, no, I, I definitely wasn't, but I was seeing all over Twitter, all over social media, people were slandering Coach Spoke saying, you know, the rotation has been that great, the defensive, but you just saw what the man could do. He took a bag of a bag of potatoes and some, you know, some shiny ones in there as well, and he beat the defending champs. And he did it with Casey Ocpala, who, by the way, I've been Photoshopping in Burger King um, uniforms for about, like, three months now. So keep the momentum going, keep it, keep it up, and they'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry when you said that thing about photoshopping in the Burger King thing. That's 
All right. All right. So, but yeah, I agree with you guys 100%. You know, as long as our players are stepping up and, you know, they're playing their best every game, I mean, that's all you could ask for. You know, we never asked for any of this stuff to happen, obviously. But, you know, as you said, George, this is all inevitable. You know, you just got to deal with it. So, no, we'll see how this Heat team continues to play as they deal with, you know, not having Bam and maybe not having Jimmy. And I'm pretty sure news is out that Markeith will be out for this upcoming game as well. So there's that. And before I continue, does anyone else want to add on? Or All right, I'll take that silence as a nope. So I, I now want to dive into this next topic. And the reason why is because there's this interesting debate that has been stirring recently among Heat fans. And the reason why for this is because let's go back to this Bucks game. You know, as Miami was getting ready to close this game out, Miami had one player out, but one game in. Okay. They had a guy who's are who, as we know, as probably one of the best three-point shooters in this team, and Duncan Robinson on the bench while putting Max Struess on the floor, which was very interesting to see. And as we mentioned earlier, Max Struess did end up having a great game when he dropped all 16 of his points in that fourth quarter. But once this game came to an end, the question came out and the debate started to fly. And it's who should be in that starting lineup. Should it be Max Struess or should it be Duncan Robinson? So I want to ask you guys, are you on Team Dunk or Team Struess? Tell us what side you're on, Quake. Well, there's no chance that uh, Duncan Robinson comes off the bench, and I'll give you 90 million reasons why that is. Um, <laughs> but aside from that... Um, I wouldn't say so much that I'm team Duncan. I would say that uh, I believe Duncan should remain in the starting lineup simply for the fact that he has, uh, you know, a reputation of doing this longer, obviously. Um, his shoot, I think his, I think it's only a matter of time before shooting rounds back into form. Like, right. can, like this slump is something that I don't think anybody could have expected. Um, it's, I don't think it's something where we can say that um, we expect him to shoot like this by the all-star break or, you know, in February, March, April. I think that it, if he's as great a shooter as he displayed last season, it's something that has to round back into form. That's just the way I see it. Right. And you, John? Yeah, I'm on um, Team Duncan all the way. Um, like, we got two years of Duncan being Duncan, shooting like a top three shooter, and that deserves that respect. Like, every shooter goes through slumps, and I'm not going to take a 20-game-ish sample um, over the long term that he's cooked or that he can't shoot anymore. In the short term, I still think he needs to start to just keep the rotations going. But I see a problem with um, the decreased minutes and a not playing fourth quarters, but like um, his numbers will go, start to go up. It's, it's only a matter of time. And the team still respect Duncan as a shooter. We only seen Struess in his role. We still we don't know what Struess is going to be like if he plays big minutes in the starting lineup. We are, we we only know Struess is good for his role, and, that sh- and I think that should just remain the same. I wouldn't want to just insert Max Struess in the lineup and he starts playing bad. Then the fan base is going to turn on him and then we just have no shooters at all. Right. And then, Kevin, how about you? Yeah, so um, I guess I'm going to just say I'm team Duncan, but Duncan needs to stay in the starting lineup, first of all. Like, his gravity, I don't even like using that term, but it is true. Like, he attracts a lot of attention. I just think, this slump is just nothing more than a slump. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've seen all the greatest shooters go through the same exact thing, whether it's Steph, Ray Allen, like you name it, any of these shooters that you can think of this past, you know, generation, they've all had slumps. It just happens. It's part of the game. He's going to get out of it. The team trusts him too. He's still going to take the same amount of shots. Like, it's been unfortunate, but he has hit some, you know, timely shots throughout the course of the past few games. So I expect him to get back on the track 
and Duncan will be fine. But when it comes to Max Struess, I just think that right now he's able to do more just because he's shown that not only can he knock down shots, but he's super athletic, so he can, you know, finish around the rim. But honestly, I think, like, Duncan can kind of do the same thing. Not necessarily saying that he's a high-level finisher at the rim, but, like, I think he can do more than what he's kind of limited to. Not even limited, but just he's so elite at shooting from deep that that's, you know, he's mastered that damn near. So I just think I would like to see him sometimes, like, when he's not shooting the ball well, I'd like to see him take a one-dribble pull-up mid-range. I know it's not a, you know, highly whatever percentage shot, you know, to the stat nerds out there, but it's still a good shot regardless. You know what I'm saying? Like, take easier shots so you can see the ball go to the net. Because once you see the ball go to the net, then everything starts opening up for you, especially as a sharpshooter. Like, most sharpshooters out there listening know that feeling. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm not too worried about Duncan. I think he'll come around. But, you know, Max Struess, you know, I love everything about Max Struess, man. He does a little bit of everything, whether it's defending on ball. He's pretty good on help side. You know, he's good at recovering on defense. Obviously, he's shown that he can knock down shots. And he's just good. I think he showed a lot of good throughout every single minute that he's played for the most part. Like I remember last year when he kind of came onto the scene as a role player for this team, a rotational player for his team was in Houston. And we were kind of struggling at that time, but he had a big time game versus the Rockets, you know, even though they were going through a lot of drama. But I like both of them. Man. I just think, you know, Duncan's clearly the starter. He should never lose that spot. I know it's been people saying that even Tyler Hero should take his spot, you know, starting. But nah, Duncan is exactly where he needs to be. And I promise y'all he will get out of this slump, you know, sooner rather than later. Right. And how do you feel, George? See, I'm conflicted in this. At the start of the season, I understand the assignment. I understand the the, the stance of um of the Heat. Obviously, you know, McQuaid was saying before, there's 90 million reasons why Duncan should be starting. And I'm not against that. I'm not saying it's not, not a good thing. It's not going to not happen. Um. But there has to be a time where we have to sit down and genuinely look at this and say, okay, this is um it, it's a situation that we're not familiar with because we've just paid this player a whole bunch of money and he's having inconsistent performances. There's been times he's been really good, and I feel like he's just trying to define his role now because before he was the underdog, he's where inst- he was where Max Struess is now. The player with very little to prove, very little on the line, because for him, he didn't have the pressure of that massive contract weighing down, weighing him down, and that with the new ball as well, how I'm not helping his shooting, it's very difficult. It's very you know time time consuming to try and figure out what he needs to do to um you know to to, to take that step forward, but I think he'll be fine. I I think. I hope, to, I hope to God he'll be fine. But I, I don't see a problem with him starting, but there's going to have to be a point of time we have to have the conversation. If this keeps happening, it might just be a trailer. Last game might just be a trailer for what's for what's to come, the main movie in the playoffs. Because we don't want to see Duncan shoot like that in the playoffs. And I sure as hell know that, um, that Spoh's not going to want to see that either. And I'm not saying that Caleb Martin or Struz will take his spot. But if we get to the end of the season and, and Duncan's having, you know, nine, 9.2 points a game off 30, 33% or 34% from three or 32% from three, and Tyler's coming off the bench, giving us 20, 26, 25 with, you know, on really good efficiency. I don't think that Spo's going to want to play him. I think he'll start him. But those minutes will go elsewhere to, to the Caleb Munns and the Max Struces of the team. But we just don't want to damage like Duncan's confidence to a point where he just doesn't want to play like that anymore. Now, we just have to make it like a, like a clean Band-Aid rip. You, you know, you're just not playing good at the moment. We're going to figure out another way to utilize you sort of thing. We just don't want to hurt him in a way that it comes back to us in the ass with that massive contract. Right. And how do you feel, Nina? All right. So I'm going to shake things up a little bit. Um, I think Max should start. And let me tell you why. I think that with Duncan has showed us his inconsistencies for a couple of years now. And I think that, um, yeah, Duncan's shooting is good, but it doesn't make up for his defense laps. And I think he's gotten a lot better this year. Don't get me wrong. Um, but Max is athletic, shooting, driving. He's a good defender to me. Um, he showed 
in no summer league, but he had big minutes and he played well. So big minutes from Max, I think we would see a lot out of him. And um, like I said, I just think he's so much athletic. He has more to to give. Um, Duncan shoots. Okay, that's it. He fouls all the time. That's it. You know, so I think that that would be a good change for us. Um, I think he would have to just embrace his role off the bench, kind of like how Tyler has done. And I think that would be good shooting off the bench. But I, I, I personally think that we should put Max in that spot. And that's just my opinion. Right. And I know, John, you have something you want to add? Yeah, um, I'll, just, I'll just look up quick some stats um, on your two points. People say Strews does more things than just shoot threes, but he's got the same amount of volume from twos as Duncan. But he's not doing much more from um, that than Duncan. And when you said that um, his shooting doesn't negate his defensive liability, is that his? shooting from this season or just his shooting overall? Because if it was from his shooting last year and shooting the year before, I think being a top three shooter like he did, he was last year, that negates any defensive liability because he was that historic from deep. Yeah, I think I think you're right about his shooting the last couple of years. But, um, I mean, I, I'd rather have a player. You got a player that can shoot, right? But then you got – you you get an athletic guard that he, he has to guard, and it's just – they kill us, um, you know, and it's just, it just, it's just, see, we see what Monk did to us the last couple of years. And that's mainly because he, they're being guarded by Tyler or Duncan. He's been guarded by Tyler or Duncan, but I just, I really, I'm really impressed with Max's defense. And I don't think obviously the last couple of years, I don't think Duncan's been shooting all that well to where we can't say that his defense and foul, fouls are, you know, positive for us. You know, it's just not, it's just negative all the way around. Right, and I know Quake. You got you want to add something? Yeah, just to address both your points, I think everybody uh, in this pod acknowledges that Struess is the more complete player as opposed to uh, merely just being a sharpshooter. Uh, Struess can do some stuff off the bounce, but I think the hangup is if you bring Duncan off the bench, is he going to be any more effective off the bench? Uh, as opposed to him, him remaining in the starting lineup, um, is who's going to be creating for him off the bench is, is the question. Um, I guess you could stagger like Kyle and Bam's minutes so that one of them is on the floor with Duncan um, at all times, but that's just a, a big question that has to be answered. Um, you know, should he be taken out of the starting lineup? Right. And you, Kevin? Yeah, quite pretty much just hit on exactly what I want to say. Like, if you put him on the bench, like the production and the production is still the same, then what's the point? You know what I'm saying? I, you know, rather than being a starter, like you're playing next to Jimmy Butler, you know, when healthy, of course, and Kyle Lowry, like they're going to get you the best possible shots. And I think Jimmy probably has the best, you know, camaraderie and chemistry with Duncan, you know, on anybody on the team. You know, you can make the argument, you know, with Bam's dribble handoffs, but I think Jimmy is one of the best on the team and when it comes to finding Duncan. And so, like, I also think you have to value bench scoring. Like I don't think a lot of people value bench scoring. Like to know you have that immediate spark, whether it's Tyler Hero, Caleb Martin, Marquise Morris, whoever it is. You know, most nights, of course, it's gonna be Tyler, who looks like he's probably gonna end up winning six man of the year. But that that spark plug off the bench is super important. You always need that scoring off the bench, that guaranteed scoring. Like not a lot of teams have that. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's essential. And I think you know Tyler's embracing, like you said, and that's perfect. But I don't know. I just don't think bringing Duncan off the bench is the solution. I just think, especially because if, if the issue right now is in his head, the last thing you want to do is bring him off the bench and just lower his confidence. You know what I'm saying? Especially, you know, getting paid as much money as he's got or he's going to get. Like, you don't want to shatter his confidence any more than it, you know, could possibly. I don't know if it is a confidence issue right now or if it's just a new ball. Whatever the case is, like, I just don't see – bringing him off the bench, you know, being any better than where he's at currently. So I just think you got to keep you got to keep starting him, man. Duncan's too important to this team. A lot of the offense, is, you know, goes through him and he'll be fine. Like, I'm, I'm positive of that. Right. And like, you know, for me personally, you know, I see the argument for why Amina, you and others would want to start. Um, where do I stand? I personally, I guess I'd lean towards a little towards Duncan and it's close for me, but you know, it's because as um, Quake mentioned, you know, there's like 90 million reasons for why to start him. And 
most importantly, like what comes to mind for me is what you said, Kevin. You know, you don't want to mess up the confidence because right now it's like D-Rob is already in his head right now. Like we've been, you know, talking about this for a while about, you know, how Duncan has just been having so much on his mind and we don't know what it is. And with that being said, it's like, you know, do you want to mess it, like have him go deeper into his head by potentially taking him out of that starting lineup and, you know, causing him to maybe struggle even more? So I don't know. For me, I just lean towards Duncan specifically because of those reasons. For you guys, you know, as you guys stated, you have real reasons for wanting Duncan to start. But, like, for me personally, those are the two things that stand out the most. So it will be interesting. I know that Spo will make the best decision for the lineup, so I'm going to leave that up to him. There's a reason why we just potting and not on the team letting Spo know what's up. So, yeah. Anyways, so we covered so much on today's episode, but now it's only right that we do another segment of the Spotlight Heat Player of the Week. To those who are new, this segment is to allow our pod members to give a shout-out to a specific Heat player that has not been talked about enough. So without further delay, tell us who your Spotlight Heat Player of the Week is, George. I wish we could have the audio of us doing the um, the dog barking that we did the other day, a few weeks ago on the pod because it would be perfect for my Player of the Week. It's PJ Tucker. It, uh, I know Caleb Munn had his career performance and he was amazing and helped us lift. But what he does, and I said this at the start of the pod, what he does is the most unrecreatable thing that we could, that you know that you can find in the NBA. He walks around like no one has ever heard his name. Like he's he's a minimum player contract that he's never had a big contract in his life. He wakes up like he's got a one-bedroom apartment with no windows. He 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 is the most down down to the ground, you know, hardened first player I've seen in a long time. Now, if we could get Bam, PJ's aggressiveness, I I think what we should do is kick Bam out of the whatever beautiful place he's living now. And put him where PJ was living, he would be the best player in the NBA, full stop. But yeah, PJ, what he does is defensive, hard nose, awesome play. Now, last the other day when we won, with it would have been fine to have you know all the players, Struess, Lowry, Caleb Martin, just dominate on the offensive end. But defensively, he made Chris Middleton and Giannis looked like they were rookies all over again and not not in a good way. It was it was phenomenal. We need that every game. And I'm so happy we stole him from from the Bucks. And the Bucks fans go, oh we've got the new, you know, we don't need him anymore. Bobby Portis is all we need. Blah blah blah. You can't recreate what PJ does for your team. Every team needs a PJ, but there's only one and we got him. Right. And then how about you, Nina? Um, no doubt, PJ. Energy, leadership, uh, aggressiveness, just to look at his face sometimes, I'm just like, it gets me hype, you know? So, I mean, he's – and it's just not this week, these last couple games. He's been doing this all season. And he's just – his energy is just what we needed. He's a total heat player, like, period. And, I, I like, I like way hope he retires there. <laughs> um, I really enjoy watching him play. Right, and you quick – yeah, so I'm going to cheat a little bit and pick two players. So uh, Charlotte, uh, they were doing a double take after the Bucks game, uh, you know, sp- spinning their heads around. We waved the, the wrong twin, this and that, because uh, Caleb Martin, he looks like the the twin that they should have kept uh, on their team. Um, 26 points against the Bucks, six threes. Um, it, was an, it was a performance that obviously none of us expected, and I think it's a testament to the – the work he's put in to be able to stay in the league and contribute at a high level. And then my second player is I'm in agreement is PJ Tucker. Um, he's impressed me on the offensive end more so than the defensive end with that floater that he added to his game, his corner three point shot is obviously money. And um, yeah, uh, I had a tweet about him early in the season that uh, 
I think I need to get packed up for. I'll, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll put it in the chat. But uh, yeah, I think uh, Heat Nation needs to pack me up for that. I was I was wrong about his offense. <laughs> I mean, you know, a lot of people were skeptical about the PJ signing. You know, like I know there's a certain group chat out there that will go nameless that I think had a whole riot about signing PJ. So, I mean, it just goes to show, you know, how much people he proved wrong since coming here. And I always knew he was such an underrated pickup for us because, you know, he was such a pivotal part of that Bucks championship team last year. So when Miami got him, you know, I guess, you know, now we're just beginning, at least those who are sleeping on this signing, you know, they're now beginning to realize how much of an impact he truly is on this Heat team. And you just love to see it especially the way how he encourages these young players. Like, watching him, like, talk to KZ and, you know, mentor him during this Bucks game, you know, I just love seeing it. And as we know, you know, KZ had probably one of the best games of his career against Milwaukee. So it was just such a great sight to see. And, uh, Kevin, how about you, though? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Caleb Martin, man. Um, I think it's just hard to pass – on what he did, you know, he's playing an excellent brand of basketball, you know, hitting big time threes, you know, cast and shoot off the bounce, you know, late shot clock situations. And he just gave us a, a kind of new energy, you know, kind of revival, you know, it's kind of, it can be demoralizing when you lose some of your best players on your team and to get a guy like that to step up is just super vital. And like, a, I think it was George saying earlier, like, you know, it's, it's very, what am I looking for? It's very complicated when it comes to, you know, losing guys like that. And so, like, Caleb was just big, man. That's all it comes down to. He had some big time plays. You know, he made some big defensive plays too. And I just like what he. I just like what he did. Honestly, I, I was very happy for him. And and not a lot of teams have role players like that that can you know step them in, into that situation, especially against a team you know that's as good as the Bucks. So for me, it's Caleb Martin. Right, and then you know what. Like seeing all these teams, all these players that you guys have brought up right now, I'm personally though I personally don't know who to pick because PJ Tucker, you know, I already talked about him and how much of an impact he's had on this team. You know, Caleb Martin, you know, it's just such a great story. And as you mentioned, uh, Quake, like it looks like the Hornets probably got the wrong uh, twin off the team. So there's just so much great options and. It just shows how special this Heat team is. And I really can't wait to see what else some of these players have to offer. So, unfortunately, I probably might go undecided for this one. I'll probably have, hopefully next week, I'll have a more definitive answer. But, you know, you can't go wrong with any of those picks you guys just made. So, now, let's go into this upcoming game for the Heat. So, just in case you guys aren't didn't know already, the Heat will be playing against the Bulls. Um, just in case you guys forgot, Miami did beat Chicago in their first meeting. Gabe Vincent had 20 points, and that alone should say a lot about the game. And this game will be different because not only does Miami have their own problems, but Chicago has, situ- has their own type of situation going on as well. To those who didn't hear, DeMar DeRozan, Derek Jones Jr., Alex Caruso, and Max Thomas are among the many players who are out for Chicago as a result of COVID protocols. So with this in mind, and considering how the Heat's last meeting with the Bulls went, what is your expectations for this upcoming game? And do you guys think the Heat get another victory? Kick us off, Nino. Um, I'm a little scared. <laughs> um, they got they got players out, and it seems like when players are – I mean, when teams are depleted, we play the worst. And so um, I'm not confident in this game at all. Um, but we are missing people too. So um, I'm hoping we bring some energy. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I'm a little scared. Like I said, we're playing a depleted team and that seems like we lose all those games. Right. And then how about you, John? Um, I don't know how to feel. Because uh, they have, of course, they have the issues with COVID and stuff. I think this is this going to be a game on effort. It's going to be a scrappy game. Don't see it be like a high-scoring game, or have like standout big standout performances. I think it's just going to go come down to um, effort, defense. 
maybe like a one or two possession game, but I'm, I'm confident in our, in our guys stepping up again. Right. And then also, I forgot to ask you this, but um, who is your uh, Heat player of the week, by the way? Yeah, um, I'm going to go different and say Kyle Lowry. Um, with Jimmy going out, Bam going out, the Heat needed someone else to just step up on the offensive game. He's averaged like almost 10 assists in this week. Um, also giving you like 20 points as well. Um, another, one other thing I just noticed he's been doing more recent with in the injuries. He's been driving to the rim more. And with Jimmy out, they needed someone to put that um, rim pressure. I think and that rim pressure by Larry opens up more kick driving kicks and gets more guys involved. I think he's done a good job at getting others involved in easy buckets. Right. And also, by the way, before we continue, uh, if you are watching this part on the Five Reasons Sports Network YouTube channel, you can also comment your predictions for the Heat Bulls game while also giving your spotlight Heat player of the week. So make sure to comment down below. Anyway, so to keep going uh, quick, how about you? What's your prediction for tonight's? Well, not tonight's game, but this upcoming game. Yeah, I have the Heat winning the game. I think the uh, key is going to be putting pressure on the rim because the, the Bulls, even when healthy, rim protection is their weakness as a team. Uh, so I think that's the I think that's going to be the key. Um, obviously, not turning the ball over either because uh, Lonzo Ball is very good at playing the pass passing lanes and whatnot. So Lowry, Hero, our guards really just need to put pressure on the rim and. Um, collapse the defense, kick out to shooters, and uh, pass off to the bigs uh, when needed. So, Right. And you, Kevin? Yeah, I also have the Heat winning this game. I think, you know, without DeMar DeRozan, that's a big piece of the Bulls' offense missing. Without Alex Caruso, that's a big piece of their defense missing. So I just think when you add those two teams together, of course, you know, we're still not going to have Jimmy Bam or Markeith. But Kyle Lowry, I just think another dude that can just lead us to this W. I think Tyler Hero is going to kind of get back on track. You know, he started off the season very hot, you know, just clearly, you know, getting out in front of everybody when it comes to the Sixth Man of the Year award. Um, and I think the biggest thing, honestly, is probably to me going to be trying to contain Vucevic. Like, he hasn't played great this year at all. He's actually been really, really bad. But I just think on any given day, he's going to pop off just because, you know, that's what he does in the regular season at least. So I just think, especially with Bam not being there, you know, that's a that's a big piece of our defense, you know, because when the guards, you know, gets that screen, you know, usually they're trying to hunt a mismatch. But when you see Bam out of bio there, that's not a mismatch. You know what I'm saying? That's a 6'9", 6'10", dude that can legitimately guard one through five. So um, I'm not too worried about the heat in this game. I actually have a lot of confidence in us to get this, but we're going to need not necessarily, you know, the last time we played him, Gabe Vincent went off. You know, we don't need a, a Caleb Martin, you know, show what he did, you know, this past week against the Bucks. We just need – a collection of different dudes to just step up a little bit and have somewhere between like 10 to 13 points, whether it's Max Struess, KZ, which is probably not going to happen, but it could happen. Uh, PJ Tucker, you know, somebody's a couple of dudes just need to step up. And I think we'll be straight. And if Kyle Lowry can just keep turning up in the second half, like he has been for the most part, then I think we win this game. I, I agree a hundred percent. And let's see, George, how about you? Look, there's, there's no way ever, 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 ever again I'm going to make a prediction on this. Because the last time we did this, so the second last time we did this was the, the night before the um, the Boston game. And if I can quote, uh, quote my good friend Clippy, she goes, oh, we're going to sweep them bums. Now, I, <laughs> and then we watched the game all together and I don't think I've been more depressed in my entire life watching us just... That was that was the worst offensive performance I've seen from us in a long time. But I I hope we can get it done. Now, what I am very worried about is um is the fact that we're sitting there in a building that's riddled with with I don't know if we can say it with the CVN nineteen, but I if, I don't want to see what happened with us with the Wizards last year happen all over again. That was hell. Hell, 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 because I don't want to sit there going, you know, we, we, we won the game. Oh, that's all fun. The next day, uh, Caleb Martin test positive. Oh, shit. <laughs> and, then, and then it's like, 
it's like flies dropping. One more. Oh, one more. He's got a two. All right, they're all out. And we're playing uh, Michael Potter. And then we've actually got the real Sioux Force, uh, Sky Force, um, Sioux Force, Sky Force team out there. But, you know, touch wood, that never doesn't happen. They've got a lot of players out. We've got players out. Um, they've still got Zach. But after, look, after seeing what we did to Milwaukee at full strength, by the way, besides DiVincenzo and, you know, Fatty Brook Lopez, I don't care about him. It, it, it's, it, it shouldn't be anything different than go out, prove what you can do, prove that you belong on this team, prove that you belong in the culture. Hopefully PJ has, you know, extra nails in his cereal in the morning um, and, and gets even more mean because we need that because, you know, it's going to be a very tough game, tough, a very tough game. They're looking to get as many wins as possible. So are we, so it's going to be fun. It's going to be high paced. It's going to be exciting. We're going to see so many amazing time, uh, you know, plays from Caleb, but um, no, I think Tyler Hero goes off. I think Duncan has a very good game um, because Caruso's out. But yeah, I, I say that it should be a good game and I'll leave it at that. I'm, I ain't putting a prediction out there. You can't make me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I respect that. I respect that. Um, but for me personally, I'm going to go with the Heat simply because I feel like the Bulls are going through a lot more than the Heat right now regarding losses. Uh, like I said, we don't know if Jimmy Butler is coming back. That would be huge if he did. Um, but just in case if he doesn't, I think this team will bowl out. And I think it's good that this game will be at home. And we've had two days of rest as well. So I think this Heat team will be refreshed and they'll be ready to go. And, yeah, I mean, that's all we could ask for. So, you know, just take care of business. You know, just wait for Jimmy to come back. And then although, you know, it's not going to be until next month or whatever, you know, just wait for Bam to return and wait for the other guys to come back as well and Markeith and Victor. And then let's see what this team can do and fully healthy. So I feel like we covered a lot in this episode. Is there anything else you guys feel like we should hit on or are we ready to call it a day? I just wanted to ask quickly, is there any news on Jimmy? Because I, you know, 7 a.m. here, I've didn't actually get um, to look at anything. As as this episode is being recorded, no, there is no update just yet. Yeah. So it shouldn't it shouldn't be a I, I, I'm not banking on it. I think that after you re-aggravate an injury, you gotta take double the time off. And I'm a big believer in that. Um so he like he missed two games. I expect him to miss annual between four to six. So you know, regardless of who's out, we should be fine. Right, I agree a hundred percent. So, anything else we should hit on, or all right, I'll take the silence as a note. So, because of that, thank you all for tuning in to today's episode of the Heat versus the World podcast. To check out more content from us, feel free to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HBTW Podcast. You can also check out our website at hvtwpodcast.wordpress.com and also make sure to check out um, our new extension show Culture Shock which is the first Miami Heat podcast to feature an all-female cast which will be featuring none other than Nina as a correspondent and you can follow them on Twitter too at CLTRShockPod so anyways thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode And we'll see you guys soon with another new episode. We out. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast.